slightly delayed because of the international break and things. This is Alan, and I'm here with Joseph, who's back home in Miami, and I think it's safe to say that we're both a little disappointed that we don't get to meet up in Miami in a couple of weeks' time, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely disappointed I won't see hundreds or thousands of Villarreal fans coming over here. That, that would have been really cool to see. Yeah, maybe not hundreds of thousands, but maybe hundreds. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah uh, hundreds or thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been good. I think. Um, I think that it. The whole thing is not terribly surprising. I think as as it went on, the more we the more we heard, and in some respects, the more we didn't hear about it. Um, it seemed less likely that it was going to happen, but. I think what was surprising was the um, the kind of personal animosity that came to the front with the uh, Spanish FA's um, comment on the on the sport, on the decision of the judge, which was basically, you know, asking Tebas to resign or asking the La Liga clubs to get him to resign, and you know, I didn't think that was a terribly um, helpful um intervention <laughs> no yeah i think you can see this is the second time around that they're being asked to do this uh the league is being asked and, you know they're very very adamant on um this federation is very adamant on not wanting to do it and i think now it's starting to get uglier and uglier um and i think okay. it's even worse because it's like it's they can't even help it because they signed you know the league signed the deal with the relevant sports here in the United States. You know a contract for like ten, mm-hmm. twenty years or something to host games. So it's like I don't know how the contract is framed, but you know it's I don't know how easy it will be to get out of that. But this is now the second time around, and you know they want the, the yeah. federation wants nothing to do with it. So I don't know where they go from here because it's, it's gotten uglier and uglier. So um, yeah, I don't know. It can only get worse, I suppose. Yeah, I mean I think relevant's done. You know they've been doing things in the preseason. Um, they've been doing various, um, you know, youth soccer events and things over here that La Liga has sponsored. But, um, you know, so there's, there's a bunch of other stuff that they do. But obviously the whole kind of from the league standpoint, the big deal was going to be playing a league yeah. game. A, co- a competitive game here so, in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that makes a lot of sense. But um, I, I think I yeah. think history I think the history will show favorably for us though. The teams that have chosen to want to do it, teams like us, like Atletico Madrid, um, and even Barcelona or Real Madrid, really. I mean, even though I know at the end Real Madrid weren't too keen on it, but you know, I think history will show that the forward thinking team that won't expand their brand um to other markets in any way possible in the future, whether it happens or not, it may take twenty, maybe fifteen years, but I mean it will it will come around and it will happen i think eventually just because it's it's just too big of a market i mean games like here could sell out for double the price really just double the price and people would sell it out easy any type of competitive match from la liga so i think it, you know even if it doesn't happen soon i think like i said in the future i think it will happen and you know we will look like genie wanting to done it 10 years in the past yeah it could be i think the i think the thing for um I think there's a real question, and I know we touched on this in the podcast when I talked with Jeremy from um, our Sister Athletic blog, was that it's one thing to have, I think people are in the U.S. would be very excited about seeing a 
one regular season game a year and, you know, with rotating teams from La Liga. And and if you can do enough publicity ahead of time, which means that you have to agree with, you have to get everybody on board ahead of time. You know, you, uh, I mean, Atleti Virial is a fun matchup. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's not like two bottom feeders playing each other. Right. But I think the concern would come and certainly the concern in Spain seemed to be if this becomes a thing where you start seeing one team playing three or four games a year overseas or whatnot, you know? So I, I, I see both sides of it, but I, but I do think that, um, it's a little bit hypocritical for the Spanish FA to claim that, you know, the league is all about, you know, the fairness of competition and everything else. And then they turn around and move the Super Cup to the December break. They move it to Saudi Arabia and they, you know, I mean, it's all a money spinner. And it seems a little bit, shall we say, disingenuous to to claim that, you know, we're we're upholding the sanctity of Spanish football on the one hand and then sending um, what used to be a sort of a, a curtain raiser to the beginning of the season in, in Spain, a lot like the Charity Shield was in England. You know, now this thing is going over to Saudi Arabia. I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the part where you kind of get caught up. And like you said, you take a second and you go, wait, wait, what? Like this, it doesn't doesn't correlate it doesn't make any sense at all if that's your argument if that's the federation's argument but uh like i said i mean now we'll just be left to think about what could have been it would have been really nice to have you down here in miami allen as for everybody else that would have wanted to come but yeah you know, we can hope in the future yeah we can and speaking of the federation um it hasn't exactly been an easy uh week for them on the uh, spanish national team front either where oh. uh, a number of our players did very well on, in the matches on the field, but off the field, the um, this whole uh, Luis Enrique returning to coach and Roberto Moreno leaving is, uh, you know, not handled very well. Let's let's say. And and that's and like you said, as far as the federation goes, that is just one of many many slip ups they have. Another one, I couldn't, I almost couldn't tell you how in shock I was. Well, Teggy was fired uh, a couple days before the World Cup started. I mean, just absolute madness. So when this happened, I wasn't even actually very surprised. I was like, well, kind of seems status quo. So do you think, I mean, obviously we have four players on the national team. Um, you know, Pau Torres made his debut um, and scored a goal. As he said, I, oh, I, you know, I was kind of, he was kind of embarrassed. He just had to sort of chest it in off a corner, but it was a goal. Um, a goal is a goal. A goal is a goal. Pal becomes the first um, native of the town of Villarreal to play for the Spanish national team. Um, Santi Cazorla has just been turning back the years <laughs> um, with the national team. And um, and then Gerard has has been firing in goals and, and assists and just been – he's been um, excellent. And so, so the question is with so the So the question I have – Yes, yeah. I was I was about to ask you the exact same thing. With the change in coach, who stands to lose the most? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Th- Hello. 
Okay, so we were, um, before we had some problems there, we were saying um, that who has the most to lose? You said Pal Torres. I'm, I was thinking Albiol just because of his age. I think if, I think if, you're, if you're trying to come up with defensive um, partners for Ramos or whatever, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I think Torres is going to get some playing time because all the rave reviews he's getting. Um, Albiol, I think, maybe not so much. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just really all dependent on who the coach feels is the best partner for Ramos. And I think that Moreno was, as you could see, if it wasn't Indigo Martinez, I mean, he was all for Albiol. I mean, he threw Powell some minutes in the in the last yeah. game, but I mean, he really opted for both Indigo and um, and Albiol as well. So my Ooh. worry is that Enrique will come in and not feel obviously the same way and feel that I'd rather just keep three experienced center backs. I mean, Martinez himself isn't isn't that old, so I mean, he could say, "Hey, that's my younger center back to pair with Ramos to cover him up for yep. his maybe la- lack of age." But that's my worry. But like, I, I agree with you. It's a complete possibility that he comes in and says, "You know what?" I'm going to keep Martinez and I'll keep Pau Torres as my younger center back to come in sometimes. And I'll throw out, I'll be all out of the lineup. Definitely. Cause I think either way, one of the two center backs has the most to lose from this because it, with the rate that Gerard keeps scoring, I mean, it's quite obvious he can't keep him off the field. It's or even not in the squad. I mean, he's just scoring at too high of a rate for the team and for his first club and for country. And then obviously for Cazola, I mean, he's so creative, so you can't get rid of him. Of course. Right. And, you know, to be fair, I mean, we were, you know, these two matches were, were not against the, the outstanding opposition of the group. But um, I think, yeah, I think what we saw in um, in these matches was Gerard was was playing. You know, he was on the right, which we've said this, he's really good there. <laughs> and he showed that with the national team, just very creative in terms of feeding, um, feeding uh, passes for assists, and also scoring himself. And then Santi is just Santi, you know. I don't see that I, I, either one of those guys is going to get dropped. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and in fairness for Powell, I mean, I think really now that, now that Spain have qualified, there are a couple of matches in, what, March or whatever, where, where you're... Um, you know, they're friendlies that I don't think have even been arranged yet. But there's like one more international break before before the Euro Copa, really. And I yes, think prob- I believe it's a March, yes. Yeah, and so I think probably what you end up doing is, you know, maybe you start Powell in one of those games and you know give him give him a start and see how he does. But you probably do um, take your squad to the Euro Copa with him as like the I think he makes the team, but I don't. But I think he is young and with a lot of promise for the future. I don't. Nobody's going to get enough playing time that people are going to say, "Oh, let's just pair him with Ramos or pair him yeah. with whoever." Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it should yeah. be very interesting to see. I mean, I think that yeah. my other question to you would be: At what now we have had our starting center back and our starting midfielder. And, of course, Pau Torres, who is, of course, our other starting center back. But Albiol and Cazorla have now played in every single um, interna- international qualifying game since, what, the October friendly? So the last two. So about four games total. As well as playing as well as playing almost every single game for us as well. So at what point 
do you now say, what, 11, 12 games into the season and now four or five international games added onto that as well? At what point do you think you're going to start seeing a little bit of fatigue coming in? Well, I think, I mean, I'll be always suspended for this next game, so I guess that kind of helps in, in a bizarre way. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think, I mean, I think for Santi, we'll see it. Well, we've got the Christmas break, so I think that'll be that'll be pretty good. I think it's really going to be, um, you know, it's the the late January, February period is always is always even in Spain is always hard because the weather's colder. You're you know, um, it's it's a little more of a grind, and we have. I guess Copa matches coming up in December that might play into it if we progress. Um, I don't know. I, I think probably that's really the kind of the, the time where you where you notice it. And it's probably less physical fatigue than mental fatigue, really. Yeah, that that obviously that is. Well, I mean, I think depending on how the team is doing, your particular team is doing in the league. But for us, I mean, we're coming off the back of an upsetting loss to the that that's the least that can be said about it a very upsetting loss and then before that a disappointing draw of course so I think you know like you said it is also very mental but I think it's important that you know they just came from getting two wins qualifying so they're coming back in a very good mood knowing that even if they're not on the squad come next June they helped their country qualify for it so I'm hoping you know three players come back and bring that back to the team and bring you know that energy and that hype and that happiness back so you know we'll right. see but I think it's like, you know, it's definitely only a good thing that they help qualify and they feel good about themselves and they had very good games individually. I mean, every single one of our players scored at some point. So mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And I think, um, and then the guys playing for the other teams, I mean, um, I guess Cameroon had a win and a draw with, with mm-hmm. Anguisa and, uh, and Akambi. And then, um, uh, Nigeria won a couple games. And yeah, I, with Chukwueze scoring, I believe, in one of them. Yeah, he scored in one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think basically people did pretty well. Um, you know, they came back. I think um, Ekambi was maybe had a had a knock, and I I think the latest is he's probably going to be able to go on Sunday, but. He's the only player that came back with any any nicks that I'm aware of. Um, so I think overall, you know, you've got to feel pretty good about that. I think the, of course, the question that, um, you know, that people are, they're always, I think the jury is definitely still out on Kaleha. And um, there are people saying, well, wait a minute, if we got four internationals, you know, four Spanish internationals, you know, what, seven overall in our top 12 players or whatnot, shouldn't we be doing better? I mean, it, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it, it does put a little more pressure on him to get results, I think. Exactly. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's just the jury's definitely still out. I mean, we had that fantastic run, you know, except for the last three games where, you know, I mean, you were definitely saying that, wow, you know, it seems like he's definitely turned a corner and every decision he's making to bring new players in, all his tactical yeah, changes yeah. are... All his tactical changes are working. It's looking great. And then, of course, you have a run of the last three games, and the same questions come up where you say, okay, you know, you know, is, is everything being done that could be done? Is preparation being done as could be done as well, as perfectly as it could be? So, you know, the questions come back up again. I think that's only fair to ask, you know. I mean, you can only quiet – every coach can only quiet critics for so long. So Yeah. Well, every, it, every coach, doesn't matter who you are. It's like that. Yeah, it took about uh, – I can't remember, maybe – 
certainly I was going to say 10 minutes. That might be, you know, might be a bit of an overstatement, but sure didn't take very long before somebody emailed me after Pocatino was fired by Spurs saying he's available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it only takes, it only takes one fan. It only takes yeah, one and fan. I, to say. And, and I was like, well, yeah, plus Roberto Moreno is available too. And he's coached four of our players already. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, and I think you know it's it's only fair to still give Kalia time. I mean, um, yeah. you know he did keep us up. He had every right to come back. You know it's only fair. And like I said, I mean we we are not in panic mode. You know, I mean we are not Celta Vigo, unfortunately. I mean like this again, the same team with the same budget bought a lot of players last season. Were in the same position as us last season, where they barely stayed up. And this season, they basically so far have again, you know. Done, done exactly the same, barely hovering in the relegation position, fighting for their lives with a really, really talented squad. So I will give Kaeha the credit that he deserves in saying he built off last season because we, like I, I've told you, I think in the last podcast, we could have easily gone the Celta Vigo route again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the, the thing that the, the league table is quite tight. I was looking at it's like if the, if the other right now with Levante won today, so we're like. 12th or 13th if we win on sunday we could be as high as sixth i mean it's quite it's, it's fluid you know the, the spots are very fluid it's separated yeah. by no more than three points which that's why i said i mean I, I'm, I'm in a very comfortable calm position i i wish you know the last couple games would have gone quite differently but yeah. you know th- there's a really 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 important stretch run of games coming up here before the christmas break i mean we got vigo then we have valencia then we have Sevilla. Then we have Atletico, I think, right? So yep, something like that before the Christmas break. So, I mean, it's going to be an absolutely insane next three or four weeks. So, I mean, that this for me is going to tell me what he brings to the table as a coach. And, of course, like where the team is really where the team is really at. I mean, I, again, I told you in one of the past podcasts that Valencia are ripe, right there for the taking. I mean, they themselves have not had a good season by any any you know, sense of the imagination. I mean, they've done very well in the last couple of games. They beat in Benjol side who were probably going to go down. And then I think they beat Granada. The Granada win was very good. Cause I mean, considering how well Granada have done this season, but at the same time, and this just isn't the same really strong Valencia team we're used to, even at home, even at home, they're not extremely strong. So I think, you know, it's, you know, I expect to see some results against a team like Valencia and even maybe a team like Sevilla. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think the real thing is we we need to it, it's it's odd, you know, last year we were better on the road for some for two thirds of the season than we were at home. This year we're much better at home and the road has been a problem, although I kind of give Kaleha a pass and everybody a pass on Mallorca because that was just, you know, the the being two nil down to to at least one ridiculous penalty and maybe two. Um, you, you just don't have a chance after that. But I, um, I think that this is really a key game for us because if we win it, um, not only do we move up into the, you know, top eight, I'm guessing, but we also, that's three points that Celta don't get. And they're, you know, they just changed coaches. Their first, I think his first match was against Barcelona. So, you know, they lost, but you know, I guess people got enough good sensations out of it that they, but, you know, we really have to, these are the teams we need to step on and basically, you know, win these games. Um, and, you know, yes. people have, you know, it's fine to look at the statistics and say, oh yeah, on the basis of statistics, we ought to be, 
uh, higher up the table than we are and we've been unlucky and blah, blah, blah. But at some point, you can't keep relying on that. You have to say, okay, let's, let's get the result. And if we do, then great. You know, um, I think uh, Bilbao, that athletic club match was unfortunate. Um, the, you know, their keeper basically played a blinder. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. A, a little bit of a mix of the keeper and the referee kept us, kept yeah. us from really running that game. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it, it does, it always, even in those games where you want the result, it always still, I still take from that being impressed that we outplayed them. I mean, <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone will say, Hey, you know, it doesn't matter how we play as long as we get the points. And you know, Hey, to, you know, that is correct. I mean, Points are the only really thing, the only thing that really matters at the end of the day. They're the only thing. But I do still appreciate, even if we draw a team like Bilbao, I can, can take complete confidence in saying, hey, we outplayed them that almost that entire game. And that makes me feel good because it makes me say, hey, this is a top five, top, top six team always in the league. And I mean, we're outplaying that at a very high level. So, you know, that, that still gives me hope in saying, okay, like the plan that Kaya had was working. The balls just weren't going in the back of the net. You know, the ref just wasn't being fair. The keeper was otherworldly for them. You know, the perfect storm of events to keep us from winning. But the plan is working. Yeah. And I will say that my, you know, athletic club, and I think I kind of pay more attention to them because there's a big um, athletic club supporters group in, in, uh, <laughs> in, well, it's in California, but it's based in the Bay Area. And I'm friends with a bunch of those guys. So I kind of pay more attention to them. And I think they were the team, you know, in writing the preview, I was thinking we don't match up very well with them at all. You know, this is a game where, you know, I actually um, would not be surprised if we lost at home because um, of their, of their um, quality of players like Munain, who I was really expecting was going to play a key role. Well, we neutralized him very well. And Inyaki Williams maybe got loose once. I mean, it yep. was it, we really controlled the game. Um, it's unfortunate we didn't get the three points, but we did, as you say, we did play very well. So yeah, going it, up against, but, Celta, but, you're, but you're absolutely right. Like about you're absolutely right regarding Celta. I mean, at some point we need to start beating the teams that we should beat. And for as talented as Celta are on paper, they haven't been able to put it together yet this season. And I mean, so you know. Maybe they will put it together together this season at some point, but it just shouldn't be against us. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's all you can that's all you can basically ask. They're a very talented team. You know, no one would be surprised if they came out of the gate and they played extremely well with all the talent they have on paper. But the fact of the matter is, they haven't been able to put it together all season. Now under a second coach, still the last couple of games have still not been kind to them. So we should not be that team that they suddenly get it together against. We we cannot afford to be that team. I agree. I think the, um, uh, you know, at the start of the season, I saw Villarreal and Celta um, somewhat similarly. I think I think they both had kind of a wide range of possible uh, um, expectations or, or, you know, possible results. I think ours were a little higher and Celta's were a little lower, but they were two teams that on paper had um, a lot of attack and not so much defense. And, of course, that was Celta last year, too. Um, what's been interesting, though, is that Celta have really had trouble scoring goals, and that's a strange one. And, and, and I think Escriba, um, being a very uh, pragmatic, defensive-minded, rather 
I want to say rather colorless coach in terms of his of his um, playing style maybe wasn't a great fit for them. Um, you know, their their new coach is much more. I think we'll pay much more attention to the attacking zone. Um, but yeah, this is a game that we should win. Um, I think we, I think we will, I think probably two, one, three, one, maybe something like yeah, that. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would definitely, I think, I, think, I don't think five nil like a couple of years ago. No, no. I, I think we definitely, you know, Gerard and Cazola keep that, keep up that form that they would just took from the international break. I think they will play at a very high level. Um, I will be interested to see how the defense looks without Albiol because I've, I've always said I'm really, really impressed with his positioning. I mean, I was one of those people that yes. wasn't too, wasn't too worried when everyone was saying that he had no pace and that was troubling. I wasn't really worried about that because I will always take someone with experience to know where they should be to make up for that lack of pace. And he's been very good at showing exactly that. So I think, you know, I will be a little bit wary to see how we look without him at the back. Um, mm-hmm. That will definitely concern me. But you're right. By by all accounts, like like I said, it's a game that we need to win. 2-1, 3-1, however it goes. 1-0. I'd like to keep a clean sheet. I think as recently we haven't been able to. Um, mm-hmm. So that, 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 that would be hopefully my pick. But um, I think going back to what you were saying before about, about Celta not being able to score goals, um, seven goals for them on the season. Just seven. I mean, that, that's why they're in the relegation zone. And I think that somebody yeah. I watched while I was in Valencia that really interested me for Valencia was Maxi Gomez. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I was always really impressed for him when he was at Celta. He scored 13 goals for them last season. Um, and I think that, you know, that's clearly sorely who they were missing to partner with Aspas. Because like you said, I mean, Aspas on his own can fire torch an entire team. No problem. Uh, you saw that. You saw that last season when he played against us. I mean, right. Right. But but I think you're missing missing someone else of that quality. I mean, I know I'm sure Gomez. It was Gomez Gomez's prerogative to want to move on to a bigger club. But you know that it looks like definitely that's someone who they're extremely missing right now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I, and I think with I mean Aspas is getting to that age where for strikers, you know, some some of strike. It seems like with strikers, there's a lot of variability in when people flame out. You know. Um, some guys can go fairly late on and, and, you know, and some start having difficulty, you know, once they get the other side of 30 and he's, he's, um, so far anyway, has not, whether it's, whether it's the coach, the style of play or whether it's him, he hasn't lit it up the way he did last year. So, yeah, you know, it, yeah. it could, it could be so many things. Like you said, it could be age. It could be a style of play. I mean, you know, it's, it's quite clear that, you know, looking at looking at smaller players that rely on their pace a little bit more, once they begin to lose that first quick edge or that first quick move is when it starts to go for them. Whereas someone like Ibrahimovic, who can just chest the ball down at 6'1", 6'2", until he's 38 years old, will never have a problem finding a job and scoring goals. I am Zlatan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll never have a problem. So yes. that, that for me... Um, I think the the last thing that I'll say as far as the upcoming game is, um, from what I've seen stats-wise, is that of the last six meetings between us, we have not drawn once. No, it's it's interesting, isn't it? We've been a, we've it's been a series where we had um, we say we've won five was it five nil at home. Um, there there have been we've we've also lost at home. There was the game. This is several years ago now where. 
we lost 2-0 and somebody threw a flare on the pitch toward the end of it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been a, it's, it's, it, the two teams don't draw very often. We don't, we don't do that. And, and if you go back and this is going back, uh, this is going back to like 2008, 2009, I think we were playing them in the Copa del Rey and we managed to get, um, it was one of those two legged draws where, where we were, had a, what was it like one nil? No, we were one, one from the first leg there. And we were clearly playing in the second leg for nil, nil. And they got a penalty right toward, right at the end of the game and won at one nil. So even then we can't draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes, so, yeah. Yeah. Like, so basically, I mean, I think I, I don't, you know, it's hard to say after the last six meetings, who's to say, Oh, this is going to be now the first time in seven meetings that we're finally going to draw. Um, you know, it's a game, like you said, should be a two, one win. I'm hoping for, like I said, hopefully one or two. I think it's all going to come down to how Vigo want to play under this new coach. I mean, I think they're four points clear of safety. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not like they're a win away. I mean, I don't know if he, the coach is going to want to play for a draw, you know, say, Hey, like we're playing in the opposing teams stadium. Let's just, let's just hope for a draw. If he's going to absolutely go all out and try to get a win. I mean, as, as he should, I mean, he's trying to fight for survival here. So, I mean, it should be interesting to see how they come out, how, how they play. Um, and I think that will probably determine the pace of the game. Cause I mean, if they come out absolutely just trying to, to go for the win and they need the point and they're desperate and you can see the desperation on their face, I think that plays into us a lot, a lot better. Cause we can just kind of sit back, pick it apart, do what we do attacking wise, which, you know, string together a lot of really nice passes and then hit them on the counterattack or something like that. So, right. you know, it really depends, you know, but if they're sitting back and they're saying, Hey, you know, we will be happy with taking any points at all to even ensure we're, we're going up a notch, you know, even just a point will help us. Then obviously it becomes a different game and we really have to work a lot harder to break it, break them down, which, you know, doesn't always work well for us. Yeah. I think probably um, one thing I noticed is that their keeper Ruben Blanco is sidelined. So of course, a sinho may be for us too. We're not sure, but um, yeah, I think, I think this is again, I mean, so many times in La Liga, I mean, there aren't teams, there are very few teams that you can just say, hey, we show up and we win. I don't think that happens anymore. This is another one where whoever scores first is going to be important because, as you said, if we score first, we're going to put them under a lot of pressure to come out and really attack. And that leaves us open, leaves them open, I'm sorry, for, for you know, Santi to play some through balls. And, and you know, that's when we can really get the, um, Gerard and Akambi or, or Gerard and, uh, and, uh, uh, Samu, maybe. yeah, we can really take advantage of that when we, when we're, yeah. you know, so, and I think that's to, the thing we have to be looking at. Yeah. To, to me, to me, definitely. I mean, to me, it's, it's all going to be about the amount of desperation that felt to come out with. I mean, it, they're now on their second coach this early into the season. I mean, they're clearly underperforming by all expectations for now the second season in a row, mind you. I mm. think that it's, it's all going to come out. You know, you're going to see from the very first whistle how desperate they are to get any sort of result at all. And that will dictate the pace of the game. They come out once again, lackadaisical defensively. I mean, just not looking at all to counter anything like that. I mean, that's when We'll, we'll definitely say, hey, I mean, if this, is, this is definitely in our hands right here. We can take the game to them with our pace, with what we want to do and still our ideas and things like that. You know, but if, if they come out like 
rabid, hungry dogs desperate for a point, you know, the, the game changes completely, obviously. I mean, just, we could definitely hit them on the counterattack easily, but a team that's desperate is definitely a team that's scary because, I mean, they're willing to do anything, anything for to claw for a point. And, you know, we need to be sure that we're feeling that exact same way, that these points mean exactly as much to us as, as it does to them, because for them it's survival. For us, it's just European places at this point. Yeah, and even a third of the way through the season, you have to think that way. I mean, I think I think you really have to think that way because we've had two international breaks now, and we are, you know, a third of the way through the season. Um, if we get a win, we're on 21 points, so we're halfway to our survival goal a third of the way through the season. If we don't get, you know, if we don't get three points, if we lose – then we're not that far above teams that are scrapping below us. And I think you have to look at, you know, you have to be confident, but you have to also be realistic and say, okay, you know, we, we can't just show up and expect to win. You know, we have to, we have to, I think um, Mallorca um, was a debacle that, you know, I say, I don't, I don't hold a lot of blame for, for us necessarily, but I do think it showed you the fact that, you can't just go into the teams that you think are are the bottom five and expect to pick up points. It, it, yeah, it, it, I mean, it gets anybody. I mean, look look at the very very bottom of the table. You know, we we beat Leganes pretty handedly, but um, Espanol. I mean, when we went to Espanol, we won one zero. I mean, and even then, you could have made a case that yeah, while we did pretty much play better than them the entire game, I mean, they definitely had their moments they where did. they were on our doorstep f- firing shots at Asenjo. So. You know, and that's and again, that's bottom of the barrel league right now. You know, teams yeah. that this way through the season, you can almost handedly say, I mean, they're five, six points out of the drop zone already inside of it. So it's like, they're, like you said, I mean, at any given moment, any given team has an opportunity. So that's definitely what what makes this league so exciting this season, but also quite scary for teams like us because gone are the days that you can say, hey, like we are top five, six, top six team. We can go to the bottom of the barrel and we can easily get three points. Like, no, you're scratching and you're clawing. And, you know, the players definitely need to understand how important it is. So, you know, you can definitely tell from the very from the way the whistle starts, you, you can see who wants it more, who's hungrier. And, you know, that that for that's what I'll be looking for. OK, um, so you've been back from Virial now for what, about a week and a half. So any reflections you want to share with us on, you know, on your time there, anything that you particularly were impressed with or anything that you it was a lot different than what you expected? Mm, I mean, every, you know, I had no prior expectations going into it just because, you know, many people don't ever get that opportunity to work, work, you know, in a team for that capacity at all. So um, I, I came into it just completely level headed saying it, whatever they throw at me, I'm going to do it because I'm just happy to be here. Um, but I think that I think like as I, I think as I mentioned uh, early in the last one, I think that just the amount of people working together as a cog in the team to make everything work. I, I mean, um, one of my bosses, you know, ran you know a lot of the press and all the social media, and it was just absolutely amazing how he did all of it. I mean, he handled so much. I mean, um, and he really enjoys it. I mean, that that's the beautiful part. Like sometimes I think you you, you know. In other countries and other jobs, you know, you find people that are like, oh, yeah, this is my job, you know, and they don't really understand how cool it is other people might see it to be. But I mean, it's just, you know, everyone, I think they're so proud of what they do. And that definitely made me very happy to see because, you know, you're there and you see, you know, your bosses and your coworkers and how excited they are to be there. No one's, you know, 
oh, another work day, another nine to five. No, no. You mean they're happy to be there. They're happy to do the work. I mean, as soon as they're done, they want to be on to the next thing. So, you know, I think um, being from the United States, it's not quite something you see very often. If, you know, of course, if that makes any sense. I mean, you're used to people saying, oh, but, you know, here's the nine to five again. Got to drive to work. Like, yeah. But, you know, it's really, really cool to see, um, you know, a team almost like a family, basically, you know, mm-hmm. and how, how seriously they take 